People say the Premier League is impossible to predict, but this podcast is here to help. We're working with InfoGoal to take a look at the numbers for each and every one of the Premier League fixtures this season. If you're looking to find value in the markets, data can be the key. Welcome to Premier League Insights. So we're getting ready for game week three in the 2019-20 Premier League season and there's another 10 fixtures to dissect and more value to uncover in the betting market. Joining me again is Jake Osgathorpe from InfoGoal. Hello Jake. Hi Ben, how are we doing? I'm very good, thank you. Bit of a shame that we missed game week two but we're back for game week three and from this point on we'll be be covering every week. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's get stuck in. Cool. So the first fixture we've got is Aston Villa versus Everton and we kind of talked about it before. The worry for Aston Villa at the start of the season was going to be that that betting in process of new players and I guess for them the longer that goes on the more of a concern it's going to be and they, they certainly struggled against Tottenham. They allowed 30 shots and 2.93 xG. There were some signs of improvements against Bournemouth and they were probably a bit unfortunate to, to lose. But really, you can't be giving away solid opportunities against your opponents on a regular basis. And they're coming up against an Everton side who have the strength of their defence has probably flown under the radar a bit. Um, the only team that have conceded fewer goals than them in 2019 is Manchester City. And they've actually had eight clean sheets in their last 10 Premier League games. So, I mean, they don't look that potent in attack, but you've got to wonder when will Moyes Keane come in and things like that. So what does what does InfoGoal think about Aston Villa versus Everton? Yeah, you've called it spot on in terms of Aston Villa. Um, there are some even small alarm bells ringing even earlier on this season, just purely based on the, the amount of chances that they're giving up and, and the XG that they're conceding. And it's only been two games, which is a small sample size, but they're conceding an average of 2.34 expected goals. Um, per game, which is um, extraordinarily high uh, and one of the worst in the league. So they really need to sharpen up defensively. Um, going forward, do much better against Bournemouth. Um, obviously, game effects dictated that they would have to be. They were 2 0 down at half time. They had to come out and they had to create chances. Uh, and Bournemouth were obviously more than happy to let them do that and try and play on the counter attack. So, um, although they did show small signs of an improvement in the second half, um, it's not enough to. Uh, for InfoGoal to think that they've got a, a decent chance of winning this game. Um, and as for Everton, you've, you've, you've stated it already in terms of the defensive process and how, how they have sort of flown under the radar, two clean sheets uh, against Palace and Watford. Um, they've only conceded two expected goals in that time, so they're perhaps fortunate not to, have, not to have conceded a goal. And they were slightly fortunate to get all three points against Watford. Um, and like you said, the, in, in terms of the attacking side of the game, they've been slightly underwhelming, you would say, compared to, uh, especially when you look at the, the sort of players that they've got at the disposal and the, the players they've brought in. But um, there's definitely some, there's more to come from this Everton attacking team. Hopefully we'll see it in this game. Uh, Infragol sees this as, a, uh, as an away win. Uh, 47% chance of Everton getting the win, which uh, represents good value compared to uh, what's on offer, which is around 42% chance. So, Everton to win this one. So we'll move straight on to Norwich versus Chelsea. And I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Timo Pukki after he's got four goals in his first two games, obviously a hat-trick against Newcastle. And he's clearly going to be the main man for Norwich and crucial to any kind of survival hopes that they have. But 
there's probably still going to be people that will question how long he can sustain that form and and whether it's going to kind of carry on throughout the the, the coming games when the, when the opponents get a bit harder now. It seems that Norwich are, are going to be an attack-heavy team, very similar to the likes of Bournemouth, and the expectation might be that they'll score quite a few, but it also looks like they're going to concede quite a few. And now their opponents, Chelsea, haven't haven't had an ideal start to Premier League life under Frank Lampard, and they're unfortunate to, to lose as heavily as they did against Manchester United, albeit when you look at the numbers, it probably was a, a worthy win for Manchester United, and they had a good start against Leicester, but then seemed to kind of crumble away and ended up hanging on for a draw. Now, if they're going to beat Norwich, they'll need to, one, shut them out, but really they need to, to become a bit more clinical in front of goal, whether that's Tammy Abraham or Olivier Giroud. So what does InfoGoal suggest for this? You've alluded to it already. Um, Norwich were really impressive last week against Newcastle, just blowing them away, really. Uh, XG of 1.90 to 1.06, so it was a comfortable uh, and deserved win. Timu Puki obviously scored a hat-trick. Um, he is running hot at the minute, as you might expect. He scored three goals last week from 1.05 XG, so you're not going to do that every week. But uh, he looks um, looks like he's settled in well in the Premier League, really. And as you've said, Norwich are quite a, um, a, a strong attacking team, really. Play with such uh, an open style of football. They really go at teams. Um, and I can see them causing Chelsea plenty of problems here. Just a quick note on Puki as well. He he looks a, a pretty decent bet for the first goal scorer in the goal, first goal scorer market here. Um, but I'll, we'll move on to Chelsea because they're just really not sure what we're going to get from them at the minute. Against Manchester United, as you've said, they were really really impressive in that first half and unfortunate to be behind. Um, the scoreline flattered United in the end, but in the second half they just they just didn't didn't come back out from the uh, from the dressing room. And it was the same story against Leicester. The first 25, 30 minutes, they were really, really impressive and Leicester couldn't deal with them. And then the second half, um, Leicester just came on strong and, and, you know, a lot of people say they should have deserved to win the game, but on XG, a 1-1 draw was fair. But that's slightly worrying. It's almost as though they're, they're coming out really hot out the blocks, blowing all their energy in the first 20 minutes and then they're just sort of hanging on almost, um, which is a bit of a worry. Lampard needs to address that, really. Um and as you've mentioned, defensively they are they do look suspect. <clears throat> Sorry, given all the attacking, um, the way he wants Aspilicueta and Emerson to get forward, they do look like they're leaving some some gaping holes that can be exploited. Um, surprisingly, though, in this game, the Infocom model is going for an under 2.5 goals, uh, which has a 62% chance of uh, of coming in, which represents good value at the price. Um, mainly based on the fact that Chelsea are going to have to shut up shop at some point, um, and this could be one of the games where they almost respect Norwich's attacking threat, if you like, um, and try and keep them at bay. It's interesting to hear that, because I guess anyone listening will probably think, pick this game out as one of the ones that, I mean, especially looking at the market, goals are expected, the, the average mark is higher at three goals, the over-under is set at. So potentially you'd have to look out for the, the under 2.5 on that one. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a surprise to see that be a, another 1-1 draw for Chelsea, really. So on to Brighton versus Southampton. Now we said um, in game week one and a, a podcast that we did before that, that Brighton were really going to be, or we expected them to be kind of this unknown after a, a change in management. They had kind of some squad members that could perform and, and add to that attacking process, but they were really hindered under Chris Hewton and, and obviously Graham Potter's come in and the early signs are very promising. But again, we've got to remember that we're only two games in. And they're coming up against the Southampton team that, 
I mean, last season they were unlucky to finish where they did, and it seems that they've carried on from where they left off. They they narrowly outscored Burnley according to expected goals, but still came away with a three nil defeat. And then they actually won the the XG battle with Liverpool by good clear goal, and and obviously lost that one as well. Now they were they were gifted one obviously by Adrian, but at the end there they had a great chance to maybe pull a draw away. So, do you think Southampton can finally get an overdue win? Uh, the Infocom model does think so, yeah. Um, looking at Brighton, they, obviously they've started the season really well with a, a 3-0 thumping at Watford uh, that did flatter them slightly. Um, and a 1-1 draw against West Ham, which uh, they deserve to get the three points in. 2.42 to 0.3, uh, 9.3 XG. Uh, Brighton comfortably dominated that game um, and should have got the three points against your West Ham team. Um, but like you said, it's early, it's early days. Um, we're not 100% sure what we're going to see week in, week out from them. Uh, one thing is for certain, they do look like they're a much more um, attack-minded team under Graham Potter than they were under Chris Hewton. And that's something that Southampton could perhaps exploit with their high press and their pace in behind with the likes of Che Adams and you mentioned Danny Ings. Uh, they, like you said, they've been very unfortunate so far. They deserved at least a point against Burnley. Um, and according to our model, they deserved uh, all three points against Liverpool. They were... 2.64 XG to 1.46 It's something that we rarely see against what is such a little uh, solid defensive team in Liverpool. So um, they have been extremely unfortunate at the start of the season and it's only a matter of time before they get their first win. Uh, the Infocore model thinks this could be the game. 40% chance of Southampton getting the win um, according to the model, which does represent a good amount of value compared to uh, the bookmakers. Yeah, so Pinnacle has listed Southampton at around 31% chance, but also interesting to see by the the total goals that it, it looks like a tight game with it, the over-under set at 2 and 2.5. So on to Manchester United versus, versus Crystal Palace. Now, I mean, I certainly thought we were going to be in for a bit of deja vu with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's as Myra's after that opening weekend 4-0 win against Chelsea and then seemed like a, a draw with Wolves kind of brought Manchester United back down to earth. And although looking at the numbers, they did kind of deserve to win both games they're, they've got an opponent this weekend in Crystal Palace who who look like they're struggling even after just two games I mean not many people had them picked up as as relegation contenders but it certainly looks like that that's the bracket they're going to fall in this season they're, they're yet to score I think they've only mustered just above 1xg across their two games and it really feels like if, if Zaha doesn't win a game for them or, or Milivojevic doesn't get a penalty which Zaha probably wins anyway, um, that Crystal Palace have little to no chance of, of being in the game. So is there any potential value from an info goal perspective for this? Yeah, you've alluded to it already with Manchester United. Um, I would go as far as saying that the point away at Wolves was a better performance um, and a better view as to what we can expect from United than the home win against Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea are going through their own problems, but Wolves are an established Premier League team who finished fifth in the expected goal table last season. So going to Wolves and getting a point so comfortably, I mean, they never looked like they were going to lose the game, uh, is actually a really uh, positive sign for Manchester United fans. Uh, they've obviously got such a good attacking threat going forward, and we saw that again again last night. Although they didn't perhaps create as many chances as they would have liked in that game. They'll certainly cause Palace tro- uh, problems here, though. They were woeful against Sheffield United, Crystal Palace at the weekend. Um, really, really poor. They were comfortably beaten by a newly promoted team. Credit to Sheffield United, they were organised. Um, they didn't, uh, didn't let Crystal Palace create any chances. 
so they deserve credit for that. But Crystal Palace were really poor. They managed just 0.3 expected goals against uh, Sheffield United, and that was with Wilfred Zahar um, starting. Just 1.15 expected goals in two games, as you've mentioned, which is extremely poor. It's probably one of the lowest in the league so far, which Roy Hodgson must be really furious about. This is going to be another tough game for um, for Palace. I would say with the counter-attacking capabilities they do have in Zahar and Townsend, wouldn't be a surprise if they managed to get on the score sheet and if they managed to cause an upset, because obviously they went to Manchester City last season and got a win. Um, they're a really good road team. And Infocol sees no value in uh, in the 1x2 market, giving Manchester United just a 58% chance of winning compared to around 70-71 for the bookmakers. So really no value in backing Manchester United. Instead, we're looking at goals. Um, over 2.5 goals, a 60% chance of, of, of happening. Uh, both teams score 58% chance. So we're expecting an entertaining game here, but no value in the 1x2 market. Yeah, as you said, Pinnacle listed Man United at 71% and even the handicap at at 1 and 1.5 kind of clearly suggests a, a, a very he- he- heavily fancied Manchester United team. So we're on to Sheffield United versus Leicester. Now, I, I vividly remember you saying not to write Sheffield United off in our first episode. So credit where credit's due. I mean, it seems like we're beginning to see exactly where you were coming from with that. They were the the be- joint best defence in the Championship last season and they seem to have adapted to life in the Premier League fairly well I mean they they limited a, an attack heavy Bournemouth on the opening weekend and as you said they they kind of controlled the game against Crystal Palace really well now Leicester is probably perhaps the first real test they're going to come up against so it'll be interesting to see how how Chris Wilder's sides kind of adapt to that and there's obviously a lot of attacking threat with Vardy, Perez, Tielemans and Madison um, and as for Leicester, I mean, they've arguably had one of the hardest starts to the Premier League this year and they've, they've done well to kind of pick up two draws at Wolves and Chelsea, um, both probably fair results. And now they've got a good chance to kind of take the game to their opponent and try and get that first win. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I said not to write Sheffield United off, you're right. And um, and as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, that is, is quite tough to say, but they've been very impressive so far. You can't take anything away from them. Their um, The performance away at Bournemouth was was, like I said, very solid. They limited Bournemouth to very little uh, in the way of chances and nicked a late equaliser. And then at home to Crystal Palace, they were fantastic, um, especially j- just the, the shape and the, and the formation that they play with. They're really hard to break down. Um, Leicester, as you've alluded to, have had a really tough start to the season in terms of fixtures. Wolves at home, Chelsea away. Two points from that is uh, is a good return. I'm pretty sure Brendan Rodgers would have taken that uh, at the start of the season. They've still got um, a lot to a lot to show in terms of attacking process. I don't think they've shown us just yet how good they are going forward. They've seen it in, in flashes. Uh, but as you said, this is the first real test for Sheffield United. Um, Brendan Rodgers is a really good tactician, and I do fancy him to um, to figure out a way to break down this Chris Wilder Sheffield United team. Um, and the Infogol model does think that there is some value in backing the Leicester win here. Uh, 15, 49%, sorry, um, uh, we're giving Leicester of uh, winning the game compared to around the 42-43% that's, that's on offer uh, with the bookmakers. It's going to be a tight game again, though. We reckon 54% chance of under 2.5, so it could be a 1-0 either way. But we're, we're going with Leicester. Yeah, and spot on with the over-under there. I mean, the, it's a relatively low figure at 2 and 2.5 at Pinnacle, and the under's actually currently favoured as well. So 43% chance on Leicester, a tight game. It probably looks like low scoring, but but Leicester will just edge it. 
So we've got Watford versus West Ham next, and these are another two teams that we kind of spoke about before and said that the warning signs were there at the the tail end of last season. Um, Tried to kind of not maybe give excuses, but explanations as to why, and obviously Watford had their their FA Cup run and, and West Ham were kind of on the beach is the phrase I think you use. They didn't really have much to play for now. The worrying thing is for those two teams that the start of the season seems that those struggles have continued. Watford obviously struggled at home to Brighton. They did improve against Everton, but they still couldn't really get anything out of the game. West Ham looked good for all of 20 minutes against Manchester City before they were they were torn apart. And as you said, Brighton kind of dominated them again at the weekend. So I'll be interested to know what, what InfoGoal is predicting here. Yeah, as you've said, these are two teams that have just basically picked up where they left off last season, which is extremely worrying. Uh, but based on what we've seen so far, I'm, I'm more concerned for West Ham, um, unfortunately for you, Ben. Uh, purely based on the fact that, yeah, they, they took a beating at Man City against Man City, which is a game that they would expect to lose. Um, but the, the, the performance in, against Brighton was, um, was really poor, really worrying. Um, they, they just didn't create any good chances. Uh, apart from the Chicharito goal, uh, and, and allowed Brighton. Brighton were carving them open, really. Neil Morphine missed the sitter. Um, they racked up, what was it, almost 2.42 expected goals Brighton did against West Ham, which is um, which is really poor. And obviously, Brighton are a team that West Ham will be looking to finish above this season. So the warning signs are there. Uh, but quickly, t- talking about Watford, I've not seen anything that's, that's made me think that they're going to be a relegation candidate this season. Like they, they were unfortunate to lose so heavily to Brighton. It was, it was actually quite a tight game on expected goals. Um, and then, like you said, they were unfortunate not to get a point at Everton. So the, the performances haven't been too bad. They just haven't quite had the look just yet. They could do with creating a few more chances, but given the fact that they've, they've only managed 1.15 and 0.65 expected goals in, uh, in, in both the games so far, suggests that they aren't really clicking just yet going forward. Uh, and that could carry into this game for sure. Um, and like I've mentioned already, West Ham are averaging, uh, well, they've conceded 5.49 expected goals in two matches, which is pretty close to what they were averaging for the whole of last season. So that suggests that the defensive process still hasn't been improved. Um, despite this, though, the Infocom model is, is siding with an under 2.5 goals in this game, uh, predicting a tight game with uh, between two sides that are desperate to get off the mark for this season in terms of wins. Expecting a reaction from both, but uh, we'll both be looking to keep things a little bit tighter, I reckon. And I think we could be in for a cagey game. Um, 47% chance of under 2.5 is what Infocol's going. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the, the market is kind of seems to be leaning more towards favouring the over, and the, the over under is actually set at 2.5 and 3. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. So now we've got Liverpool versus Arsenal, and this is probably for a lot of people the the highlight game of the weekend. It's it's normally a very high scoring fixture. Um, obviously, two teams that you'd expect to be well, they're part of the big six. Liverpool are looking probably the the biggest challengers to Man City, and obviously Arsenal are trying to recover that that top four spot that they've lost over the years. Um, I mean, the thing is here, Liverpool don't exactly look as solid at the back as they did last season. Now that the goalkeeper situation is obviously a concern and probably getting a lot of press, but they've still given up the chances for people to, to be able to score against teams like Norwich and Southampton, which obviously doesn't bode well for them. And I mean, they couldn't keep out Man City and, and Chelsea in the Community Shield and the UEFA Super Cup. Now, 
the other end of the pitch, they do obviously have a, a great attacking trio that are going to cause a, a defensively weak Arsenal side a lot of problems. And and as for Arsenal, there's there's been a lot of change and the the hundred percent record obviously look good looks good on paper, but I don't think people should be reading too much into wins against Newcastle and Burnley that that weren't exactly convincing. So this will really be a, a true test of their top four potential. So do you think there's any value to be had in the, the weekend's highlight fixture? Absolutely, yeah. Um Infragor are looking at this game with Liverpool a sixty three percent chance of getting the win. Uh as you mentioned, they have been giving up quite a few chances in recent matches against uh, Norwich Southampton, City in the in the Community Shield and in the European Super Cup against Chelsea. So there are improvements needed there. But I think the, the game against Southampton, I'm not going to use it as an excuse, but having to travel back from, from Istanbul, uh, having played on the Wednesday night, travelling Thursday morning, having the day off on Friday to play on the Saturday, that is going to take it out of any team, especially having played a Community Shield the week before the first game. So that game... We can give them. I think. I think we can give them a little bit of a, of leeway in that performance, as the, the team that started against Southampton was more or less the team that played in the Super Cup. So there was probably some heavy legs um, out there, which is, could have had something to do with the um, the performance. Uh, last season, Liverpool were the second best defensive team in the league, and I, I feel they will get back to that. It's just this is just a minor blip at the start of the season in terms of them conceding goals. As for Arsenal. Uh, for some reason, there's, lo- there's a lot of hype around them at the minute. Um, a lot of people are raving about their performance against Burnley uh, in the 2-1 win. I mean, let's be honest, it was Burnley. You won 2-1, uh, and according to expected goals, they should have lost 2-1. 1.01 to 1.92. Uh, really poor performance um, on that metric, conceding big chances to uh, two to Ashley Barnes. You're going to manage to take one of them, unfortunately, for Burnley. Um, and the, even the performance against Newcastle, uh, 0.44, 1.23 on XG. Arsenal really haven't created anything this season so far. Just 2.24 expected goals in two matches, which is extremely poor for a team who has the attacking quality of Lacazette, Aubameyang, you think Pepe now, obviously Caballos. So if they carry on in that in that vein of form, I find it really hard to think that they will be able to trouble Liverpool. The Infragol model is suggesting that there is good value in backing against both teams scoring in this game. Uh, we calculate that around 45% chance. And I think both teams have scored no's around 40% with the bookmakers. So that is the that is the value play uh, that Infocol is pointing out, mainly due to the fact that Arsenal haven't been all that strong in attack so far this season. Yeah, not surprising at all. And I mean, you've also got to think Liverpool's home field advantage. They've got a, they've got a strong record against Arsenal. And I mean, that's also why you, if you look to the handicap market, Liverpool are listed at minus one um, and the odds are suggesting kind of about 55% chance of them covering that as well. So looks like Arsenal will actually struggle this weekend. Scott model thinks there is a small amount of value um, in, in the Liverpool win, 63%. So yeah, it could be another tough afternoon for Arsenal. Like you said, the record at Anfield in recent, uh, in recent seasons is extremely poor. Uh, lost 5-1 obviously last season and it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to see a heavy, a big Liverpool win again. Uh, but obviously we're siding with them, both teams not to score in this one. So now we're on to Bournemouth versus Manchester City. And I think, I've got to say, I do kind of like Bournemouth in the sense that you always seem to know what you're going to get with them. We we talked previously about the the 70 goals they conceded last year and it was a little bit lower in terms of expected goals. Um, but they certainly prioritise attack over defence. And I mean, if there's... There's one team you can't really play like against that. It's going to be Manchester City, and 
that kind of shows in their their head to head record. There's been there's been eight games since Bournemouth were promoted in 2015-16, and and City have won all eight, and two of them have won they've won by more than two goals or two or more. Sorry. So as for Man City, I mean they there's not much more you can say about them. They look they look as good as they did last year, and with a fully fit Kevin De Bruyne, you'd you'd probably expect them to even provide a little bit more. So. Is there any way betters can approach such a mismatch fixture? Yeah, it's a good question. That uh, obviously Bournemouth got the win against Aston Villa last week, but we had already said that they've conceded plenty of good chances uh, in that game. In fact, they've conceded three point five seven in three matches, which is really worrying when you think that they're going to be coming up against such an attacking juggernaut in Manchester City. And like you said, it is a really big mismatch. But the way Man City have been playing. They they are well worthy of the the short price, um, the seventy nine percent, eighty percent that they are uh, available. They're well worthy of that. They're playing so well. The game last week against Tottenham was something unbelievable. Uh, to concede three shots worth zero point one two expected goals, and generate however many shots they did and rack up three point three nine expected goals, and to not win the game is absolutely incredible. Based on the chances in that match. Manchester City should win the game 95% of the time, with the draw coming in only 5% of the time, showing just how unlikely that draw was. So if that is putting anybody off back in Manchester City to win the title, then uh, that that's beyond me, because the performance was sensational. The attacking display, again, like I've said, against West Ham, 3.07, you know, they just show no sign of slowing down. I think if you remember in this fixture last season, Manchester City went there, they won 1-0 at Bournemouth, but it wasn't the scoreline that was the, the talking point. It was the fact that Bournemouth didn't even register a shot against Manchester City. So you, I know you said that Bournemouth are a really strong attacking team, but when it comes to playing against Pep City, they actually do struggle um, to create chances, whether that's just because Eddie Howe wants to set them up to try and be hard to beat, or maybe he, he just they just can't, Man City are just so well organised that they can't create, but for whatever reason, they really struggled to come out of the shell against the against this City team. Well, fancy another away win, um, obviously, as I've already alluded to, that well worthy of the price. But the value in this game for Infragol is to back under 3.5 goals, uh, which is around 57% chance. And the Infragol model is giving it a 59% chance. So there's a small amount of value in there. Um, and that's the only play really in this game in what is a real one-sided uh, football match. Yeah, quite a few elements to kind of look at. And obviously Bournemouth struggles in defence. Man City's just apparent dominance against anyone they play. It's no surprise, as you said, 80% win chance. Listed as a, a minus two favourite on the handicap. And yet the over-under is at, at 3.5. And like you said, it might well be that the, the under is the value play there. And then we've got Tottenham versus Newcastle. And Tottenham were kind of billed as many before the start of the season as one that could potentially maybe challenge Manchester City and Liverpool. And while the opening weekend win against Aston Villa certainly looked good, as you've already said, there was there was a clear disparity between Spurs and, and last, last season's champions on Saturday. It was um, conceding 3.39 XG and, as you said, two shots on target, three shots in total, one of which I think was Harry Kane from inside his own half. Um it's a, it's a wonder that Tottenham came away with a 2-2 draw. But that, that they'll certainly head into a fixture against Newcastle full of confidence and it really doesn't look great for Newcastle. They've 
They looked okay on the opening weekend against Arsenal, but that was a very weak Arsenal side, and then then went on to concede three against Norwich. So it certainly doesn't look good for Steve Bruce, and the the odds suggest they're going to struggle to get anything out of this game. So, what are the info goal numbers looking like? Yeah, so obviously we've just discussed the Man City Tottenham game. Uh, from from the shots that we're calculating, in Tottenham would have or well, would have should have failed to score an eighty two percent of. Uh, of simulations in that game so just an 18% chance of scoring just one goal um, last week showing just how clinical they were with the chances which is something that won't happen every week uh, the, the win against Aston Villa is probably the the, uh, the better indicator to look at for this match obviously Newcastle will probably set up in a similar way to Aston Villa and Tottenham were really impressive in that game actually although they went down uh, 1-0 down at half time they really um, put on a show in the second half and deserved to get the three points uh, they'll need to replicate that performance because I, I feel Newcastle will attempt to be really hard to break down. Um, obviously, against Arsenal in the first game, they, they, they didn't concede many, too many big chances uh, to what, what, what is an attacking Arsenal team, uh, but they didn't create anything either. And that was pretty much the same against Norwich last week, which is extremely worrying, as you've said, for, for all Newcastle fans. Um, in terms of uh, betting in this game, we, we feel like Tottenham are way too short uh, a price. Uh, they're around 78% on the bookmakers, which is which is really, really short. We've got them at around 61% chance. So while we still feel that they're going to win the game, there is just no value in backing them uh, in, in the 1x2 market. Uh, and instead, we're looking again in, in both teams to score market. We're looking at both teams to score no, just purely based on the fact that Newcastle's attacking threat is extremely poor and they're probably going to be camped in their own half for the majority of the game. And they're going to really struggle to to cause any sort of problems for Tottenham. We're going 56% chance of both teams to score now, which is uh, which is the only play in this game. Right, so last but not least, we've got Wolves versus Burnley. Now, the, the further Wolves kind of progress in the Europa League, the more you have to wonder what kind of impact that will have. And they're actually the, the lowest scorers in the league, according to XG. And obviously got to bear in mind that that did come from two very difficult fixtures. Um, that they've still managed to kind of muster two points from. And Wolves will come up against the the famous XG anomaly of Sean Dyche's Burnley side on Sunday. They're a, they're a team that are, are built on soaking up pressure, often giving away decent scoring chances, but somehow still managing to, to stay in games, keep their opponents out and, and not concede as many as they should. So do you think Wolves are going to manage to break down Burnley and get their first win of the season? Uh, we do, yeah. We're giving Wolves a 55% chance of, of getting the three points. Um, as you've said, they've had two really tough games to start the season. Obviously, Leicester, who are fellow top six challengers, um, and Manchester United, who were the fourth best team in the league last season, according to expected goals. So to get two points from those games, I'm pretty sure Nuno will be over the moon. Um, and obviously, they've got the Europa League qualifiers to, to sort of contend with at the same time. So the, the fixture schedule that they've got is really taxing. Um, obviously, they play Torino on Thursday. Uh, then they've got this game, Burnley, at home on the Sunday before they play Torino again next Thursday. So they've had a really, really tough or um, well, tight turnaround in terms of fixtures. Fortunately for Wolves, though, they have expanded the squad. They brought in Pedro Neto, they brought in Patrick Petroni, who, who, uh, and obviously Jesus Vallejo, the centre-half, which should allow them to make a few changes if they need to. Um, and they're all quality additions. Uh, so we are fancying Wolves to, to get the win against Burnley. Obviously, as you've mentioned, going forward, they haven't really created uh, many good chances so far this season. Something they'll definitely need to work on. Um, 
that this is on paper a much easier game than Leicester away and Manchester United at home. Burnley should not be discounted in this game, though. Um, as I mentioned already, they were really unfortunate against Arsenal last week um, not to get anything from the game. They, you know, they, they won the XG battle 1.01 to 1.92. So, but actually really unfortunate not to get a point, maybe even three points based on the chances created. Um, and as we've seen from uh, the from Christmas last in last season, uh, almost a different Burnley, uh, a Burnley that are creating more chances and conceding, giving up more chances, and making the game so much more entertaining to watch for for everyone involved. Uh, that's expected to be the case again here, and, and the infragon model is actually siding with over 2.5 goals, giving that 55% chance um, of happening, which represents good value compared to what's available. Well, that's it. That's our that's our ten fixtures for game week three of the Premier League. Thanks for joining me again and and helping our listeners find value in the markets with the InfoGoal model. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And if anyone wants more information on InfoGoal or to take a more detailed look at the stats that we've discussed, you can visit infogold.net, follow at InfoGoal app on Twitter, and download the app on iPhone and Android. You can visit pinnacle.com for all the latest odds on this weekend's Premier League fixtures. Best of luck with your bets and remember, please gamble responsibly.